Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo Decoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, Endo Aligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeca Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeca Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. What's up, everyone? It is 3 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon, which means you're tuning into Cannabis Legalization News, where we explain marijuana laws so you can change them. We got a lot of work to do in Indiana, which uh, our guests will tell us all about. Uh, so let's get right to them. Hey, Gary, Sharon, and Jason, what's going on? Thank you for having us. Of course. Thanks for coming. You guys are Kaylin from Indiana Normal. Can uh, one of you guys tell me what you guys got going on over there? Well, we just had uh, cannabis, uh, legalized medical cannabis signs that we've been pushing out. We bought a thousand of them and we had the first um, pickup in Indianapolis this last weekend. And we're going to we can mail them out to people, too. So they're going up all over the state. Uh, I know Sharona was, or Sharon was there um, when they were handing out the signs along several other of our advocates. How'd that go, Sharona? Well, we, um, as he said, we had the uh, congressional debate. Um, we had one at five candidates for the congressional debate, and um, we had two two Democrats, um, two Republicans, and. Um, it was, I mean, it was really, it was great. Most of them were supportive of legalization and decriminalization. There were a couple that did the whole, you know, they would like more science on it or, you know, oh, whatever. The oh, case good. Was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, more science. We always enjoy, yeah. We always enjoy when we hear that about needing more science and research because the last few hundred years hasn't been enough for them. So we need to make sure that, you know, they get more. Has Indiana decriminalized uh, uh, at all? So, you know, it, it went really. Oh, uh, just Marion County. Everyone was. Wow, because like for possession of less than thirty grams with a prior drug offense, it could be punishable by a year in jail and five grand in fines in Indiana. Yeah, Marion County. Yes, that's our Marion County, which is um, in Indiana. Hmm. It has All been right. that way for, you know, decades since 1970, because we know everything that they did in 1970 had to be correct. And we just continue to follow along. Weird. So, Gary, how long have you been fighting for cannabis legalization in Indiana? Well, I've only been fighting now. I think this is my fifth yeah. or fifth year. Uh, I was appointed board of directors a while back. And I do this because I have friends and family who suffer in Indiana for ailments that they can go to other states and live a better life. And I'm fighting this for them. I happen to be a healthy old man, and I'm doing my best to help others. Yeah, I'm quickly becoming a healthy old man, and I do uh, ascribe a lot of that health to cannabis. So it appears that in May 2017, 
Uh, governor Holcomb, is he still the governor? Yes. Okay, but he signed a law that said there was a low THC cannabis program, but basically it's essentially industrial hemp. It's supposed to have like zero percent. Yes. Yes, that's correct. The federal farm law legalized hemp products, and our governor said that he can't do marijuana because of the federal government prohibits it. And then the federal government legalizes hemp, and he says, well, I take exception to the federal government on that respect. So, you know, we fought and got the CBDs, uh, oils, and those sorts of things uh, approved for use in Indiana, but he still takes exception to the flower because it has that terrible THC in it. It's, it's the flower, the, the cannabinoids are compliant, provided that they aren't looking at total THC. And it's a 20 to 1 ratio. So it's going to be about 20% CBD and 1% THC, total THC. And then, then they, they can grow those plants so that they're Delta 9 compliant. You know, the Delta 9 is there. Now, we reported on a, a lawsuit that was going on. Uh, against the state of Indiana when they tried to ban the hemp uh, flower. Uh, let's see here. Captain Jason, are you familiar with the status of that that lawsuit about trying to ban hemp flower? Was that successful? That, it, it ended up being successful. The judge uh, put an injunction so that the Indiana law didn't apply. Then it went up to Curtis Hill uh, under the direction of Governor Holcomb went ahead and filed an appeal. The appellate court decided that it needed to be rewritten because the lower federal court didn't write it correctly. They didn't separate it. And because of that technicality, they gave the judge some time to rewrite it, but I guess they decided not to rewrite it. And the Indiana state laws now apply to all Hoosiers where hemp flower is illegal as of last August. And or this last August. And so the hemp industries is looking to file a lawsuit again to uh, push the issue because they, of those technicalities, they, it didn't get resolved in court the way it should have. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with the supremacy clause. And then they say, you're not allowed to like impede interstate commerce. That doesn't necessarily, I mean, intrastate commerce is not interstate commerce. If you uh, look, and I've been following the, the the normal cases for at least 10 years, but they've been going on for like 40 or 50 years trying to invalidate the constitutionality of cannabis. And then this goes back now 15 years into the mid 2000s with the Rach case, Rach v. Ashcroft. So we're talking about the Bush administration. And in that case, they tried to argue the very limits of the uh, uh, Interstate Commerce Clause of Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, and they were found that it didn't matter. Uh, and this was the fact pattern of the Rage case was this. It is one cannabis plant grown specifically for Ms. Rach, who had, uh, I believe, cancer at the time. And nobody did anything in interstate commerce. The plant was, was from a seed, and this is this is an acorn, but, you know, a, a cannabis seed, uh, and then it was grown in California, it was harvested in California, she lived in California, it was California medicine, and they said that the Congress does not have the authority to regulate purely intrastate commerce, and that got struck down. They said, no, that's, that's the Wickard v. Filburn case. You're allowed to actually regulate the uh, interstate commerce that way, and so now the shoe's on the other foot, the state of Indiana is saying like, oh, oh, no, no, that that interstate commerce regulation from the 2018 Farm Bill that said you're not allowed to impede interstate commerce in hemp, uh, that doesn't apply to us. And it's just such bullshit. And why? Uh, why uh, do they hate it so much? Sharon, what what do you think um, uh, Indiana's problem you know, is? Our governor tends to think that um, whatever he says is uh, is what is what it is you know like that's how it is um he he went through and did a um a mask mandate and had actually threatened to find people um and get them in legal trouble if they weren't wearing masks and whatnot which was not actually ran through the legislative branch um 
He just made this up on his own. And he said, well, we're following suit of the other states around us. Okay, um, that doesn't make any sense considering that we're surrounded by legal states of some sort and we did not follow suit in that direction. So um, it's pretty much, you know, um, our government in Indiana needs to change. We um, here in Indiana um, at Indiana Normal, we have been doing interviews with candidates all across the state that is um, state representatives, uh, the governor candidates, um, et cetera. And what we're trying to do is we are trying to get people to see who is pro cannabis and who is going to listen to their constituents and, you know, who um, who they really need to vote for. And so we're trying to guide people in that direction, because that's our biggest problem here in Indiana is obviously our, our government. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of because um, what's to the north of Indiana? <laughs> Michigan, right? The great state of Michigan. What's to the mm-hmm. west? Indiana. Uh, all right. Oh, so right. right. And then, and then to the east is uh, Ohio. Now, Ohio has really mm-hmm. shitty medical, but uh, it has way mm-hmm. better medical cannabis laws than Indiana does. Which, and it's it's kind of like you know. So how is Indiana's uh, medical marijuana law? It's 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 an it's industrial hemp. That's yeah. that's it. You know, it's so strict, and you're not even allowed to. So like, uh, if I just uh, go down to my my buddies that have some hemp farms and be like, "Hey, bro, uh, we're shipping this to Indiana." Like, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> Governor Holcomb, two pounds. Our fu- not our finest. Something that you know, it it clearly looks like hemp flour, but it's probably bound for the extraction. Uh, and then just just start mailing them hemp. You know, uh, yeah, I might. I might just start mailing your governor him. <laughs> the um, the uh, farmers in Indiana actually had said they were going to take all of their crops and just drop them at the governor's door. Um, you know, that's originally one thing I'd heard they was going to do. So I thought that was, you know, good. That was great. Well, um, I don't understand, but it seems like uh, whenever there's, cause there's, we, we have a lot of people on the show from out West and the Republican party out West is more a libertarian esque, you know, small government, personal freedom and liberty type of Republican party. But the Republican party like uh, East of the Mississippi river is more along the lines of moral uh, judgment and that you're bad, terrible people like Lindsey Graham's. No, was it Lindsey Graham? It wasn't. It was the guy that kind of looks like a Keebler elf. That was the, uh, the attorney general for a bit. Jeff Sessions. So Jeff Sessions, yeah, yeah, good people don't use marijuana or something like that. Uh, that that whole moral judgment aspect of it is clearly alive and kicking in Indiana. So maybe if we tell them that smoking uh, cannabis lowers sperm count and acts like a natural uh, birth control, so there's fewer abortions, maybe then they'd support it. You know, right, right. Well, and- the thing is, cannabis, if you look at the research from Israel, they've discovered that cannabis, and they looked through the scrolls and found it was in the holy oil. So Jesus used it, the Jewish priests used it to anoint uh, the priests, the kings, and sick people. And they were healing people in Jesus' time. And I had a minister who told me that Jesus didn't need to use cannabis. And I, my response to him was, he may not have to... He may not have needed to use it, but he was smart enough to use it. And that cut him off right there because he didn't know how to respond. Well, usually the ministers uh, now, again, like I'm tight with God. uh, And so at least I'm as tight with God as the ministers are, because like they haven't seen Jesus. You know, Elijah hasn't come to any of my Passover suppers. What the hell? I always set a table for him. Uh, And so that. That whole belief that you're going to take this thing that you believe that's called faith and disrupt everything that is an objective reality to the detriment of other people's actual lives because you believe it's the right thing to do for after you're dead and you're judged by this mythical God, then we're doing the right thing. Fuck that. And I cannot say that unequivocally enough. Uh, Stop taking your moral judgments 
injecting them into the laws and then incarcerating people. How many people get arrested in Indiana for weed? Over 20,000 a year. Gary, yeah. have you guys, have you been following that? So yeah. now over 20,000 a year, over 20,000. It's actually, it's actually the, uh, the second, um, is the, how do, how do I put this? Um, the second most uh, arrested crime in Indiana is uh, people getting arrested for marijuana. What's number one? Drinking and driving? Um, probably not. No. No, we won't. We won't curtail that business. No, that, that can't happen. Well, Jesus, I mean, have wine. I that. I'm having water, but at the same time, you know, I mean, if I was if I was having wine, then it'd be Jesus yeah. approved, right? You know. That's right. Yeah. So if you want to bring up drinking and driving. Guess who kills more people per capita, Indiana or Illinois? Indiana. Absolutely right. You got it. Have you guys seen an uptick? Because now, like, you have it to the north and you have it to the to the west. Legal states. You can drive to Indiana. You can drive to Michigan. I'm sorry. You can drive from Indiana to Illinois. You can drive to Michigan. And you can lawfully purchase cannabis and then illegally transport it back into your state. Have they been cashing in? The cops been cashing in and just pulling people over at the border? Yep. Yeah, there, that has been reported. Yep. And it seems like for some odd reason, it's it's mostly people coming from Illinois, which I don't quite understand. But sure. it seems like they have been getting hit harder than yes. coming down from Michigan. I don't know whether, you know, you know, don't know why that's so, but that's what we hear. Maybe. And this this was the thing when I because I went to law school in Wisconsin and, and that's when I found out these nice, friendly, fat, jovial Wisconsiners that love cheese and beer hate people from Illinois. And they actually have an acronym for people from Illinois called FIBS, which I did not know yep. until I was yep. a law student there. And I'm like, what's that? And they go, mm-hmm. fucking Illinois bastards. And I go, uh, oh, how how lovely. Well, I'm going to start calling yeah. all you guys FWAs. What the hell's a FWA? It's an acronym I just made up for fat Wisconsin assholes. And uh, and so I, I had to deal with that. And now, uh, is Illinois a pejorative state relative to Michigan for the people of Indiana? They're like, oh, those Illinois people. And so that's why they're arresting when they come from Illinois as opposed to Michigan? Well, I think Indiana and Michigan has a long history of working together on a lot of things and people cross back and forth all the time anyways. Uh, and it wasn't for marijuana. So, cause I'm, I was born and raised in Goshen, Indiana, uh, and lived, you know, right on the Michigan, Indiana line. And we just saw it all day long. Several of my high school teachers were from Michigan. And so the mentality is the same in Southern Michigan and Northern Indiana. So I don't think they have that animosity like they do with Illinois, which they consider a lot of, Hoosiers, especially Republicans, consider Illinois to be this liberal, hippie, Democrat, socialist slash communist uh, state within the United States. I am a vegetarian, pot smoking liberal. That's right. And I am located in Illinois. I am, I am, I am allying their suspicions. No, I'm actually furthering their suspicions. You know, I also practice yoga. You know, and, and so they're like, oh, he's, he's jeopardizing America. Yeah. But hey, uh, this is an interesting uh, thing about I- Indiana. Now, how does your daylight savings times work? Are you guys in the East Coast time zone? Are you guys in the Central time zone? We're some East us, Coast. Some of us are in Central, like that Northwest corner. Well, that doesn't count, though. That's not real Indiana. <laughs> that don't count. That's yeah, not like real that. Indiana. But so that it, don't count. that's an Illinois suburb. You can't. We don't follow them. So you guys are in the East Coast, then, huh? Uh, now this is now. Now we could all change that if we just tell everybody uh, we are far left when it comes to time zones. That's well, how progressive we are. That that that's that's why. <laughs> We do not like to use on the air, but it was 420 somewhere. Uh, and that, that somewhere was in certain parts of Indiana at that time. And, and, and that's that's cool. Um, 
Uh, is there any legislation that's moving? I mean, uh, are you guys, uh, this, uh, this is what I would recommend. Go take, and I can help you guys get it. The, uh, uh, the Oklahoma cannabis medical marijuana bills that they have. Let's go get Oklahoma's medical marijuana bill. Change the word Oklahoma and marijuana to cannabis and Indiana, respectively. And then put that into, can we find somebody to sponsor that in Indiana? Well, we have absolutely. several. Yeah. 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 Karen, yeah we you? have several bills every session that has to do with marijuana, either possession or medical marijuana approval. Uh, over the last, you know, four years, and I look the last four years because, you know, our senators have been in office for four years now. You know, we went through their sessions. Uh, we have had hundreds of bills authored. None of them has got out of committee. That's how tightly it is regulated in Indiana. The politics have totally shut it down. That sucks. <laughs> um, what's the percentage? So, like, you know, if we were going to do a split, like Illinois is super majority Democrat, like probably 70%. Uh, how's Indiana split uh, Democrat to Republican? I think 80% in the Senate and 70-some percent in the House. And then 100% Republican. of the branch is Republican, <clears throat> along mm -hmm. with 100% of the Supreme Court justices are Republican, too. Mm -hmm. We are quite red statewide. Yeah, very, very red. All right. Um, why? Gerrymandering. Ah, oh, God damn it. That's almost as bad as what they do in the southern states. And then that, you know, did you know that Ringquest? Remember good old Justice Ringquest? Total racist turns it. Well, not necessarily, maybe he's not a total racist, but total disenfranchisement policy of uh, his, some of this, the, the, the cases and the things that he was behind was a lot of those things that just kick people off the voter rolls in uh, Maricopa County, Arizona, which is this new, uh, it's a documentary on Amazon now about the vote and, and how they are systematically using the Voting Rights Act and that it's repealed during the Obama administration. And now uh, if Donald Trump gets appointed by the Electoral College again, because he's not going to win the popular vote, and then with, with RBG just passing like yesterday, uh, it could just set this thing up so that somebody who was never elected by the people has just appointed all these whack job conservative justices, which they call constitutionalists, unless it's four years later. And then whatever the Constitution means, if the same fact pattern happens, like they say, hey, uh, Merrick Garland in February, no, we don't need to talk about this until after the election. Somebody else will die six weeks in before an election. They'll be like, we've got to replace her. I mean, it's just it's just lies and it's just uh, their own propaganda because the way the only way they win is by disqualifying other people. They can't actually win unless they they run the game. There's two <clears throat> two other things I've seen. One, when I ran for sheriff, uh, they put police cars at the voting stations with police officers in Hamilton County, which intimidates people who, you know, are of African-American or there's a, that race card that the police tend to intimidate those people and, and people who may have been felons or arrested before. The other thing is I was talking to a gentleman. He's from Indiana. He moved back from Illinois. He had a medical marijuana card. And because he had a medical marijuana card, they would not allow him to get a driver's license. In Indiana, you have to have a driver's license to be able to vote. Wow. Yeah, but then uh, if you guys do have Amazon Prime, this is uh, what it's uh, – and like it was really about uh, the Stacey Abrams thing. And so it, they used Georgia as the backdrop for it. Uh, because she she came out of Georgia and she was narrowly uh, defeated by uh, then Secretary of State Brian Kemp, who used those types of tactics to drive people away from the actual polling station. So check that out if you do have uh, Amazon Prime. And it's it was a great eye opening documentary. But not only do they, they, they I realize we're a participatory representative democracy, but uh, if they try to make it so that you can't vote. And they do that systematically. 
no wonder people are so pissed off. But um, it, it, and then they think that the other team would do it too. It's like just because you lie, cheat, and steal to rig the election doesn't mean the other team's gonna. Uh, and and it, it it upsets me, but uh, it would it would infuriate me if I was if I was living in India because like like. I'm totally a criminal then if I'm if I just go past Danville. And if anybody who's listening or, or watching at home doesn't know what Danville is, I understand. I get it. But uh, it's, it's a border town between Indiana and uh, uh, Illinois on, on uh, Interstate 74. And so that's, this this type of chicanery goes on towards a plant that hasn't hurt anybody that. I mean, why is it the devil's lettuce? What What's going on with that? It's really about, um, I believe it's about money. It is, I, I believe it's about money being taken from big pharmaceutical companies. Um, we have one of the biggest drug dealers in the United States right here in Indiana, which is Eli Lilly. Um, and uh, I think it's a lot of... Um, you know, um, our governor is, um, it's coming out that he is pretty much fueled by um, private prisons. So, um, you know, people um, in the prisons, um, that helps, you know, his campaign and it helps him, you know. Uh, so I, I feel that's a lot of it. I mean, Gary could probably shed more light on it, but... We may have to mute Captain Jack. It seems like he's getting in the middle of a squall right now. Even though it's beautiful out there on the boat that he looks like he's taking on. Now, uh, Gary, is that accurate? Do you guys have private prisons in Indiana? Oh, we certainly do. You know, mm-hmm. we have a yeah, you know, we have a very large prison system. That should be unconstitutional. That should be unconstitutional. There should be absolutely in dime in in uh, in profit in crime. If you really want to make sure that there's no crime in the country, don't reward it. And they're rewarding it by rewarding the people that are working for corrections. So provided that you're trying to put heads in beds and those beds are prisons, that's lawful. But then, you know, you can't make those profits unless you get them arrests. And you can't get them arrests unless that marijuana smell lets them get in the door and see what else they might be doing. The, yeah, the other thing I, I find it very interesting in Indiana, you have this scenario. If the population in the prisons and your local, you know, county jail get crowded, they will let people out just to keep the count in order. But if it's you know low, suddenly the arrest and the length of incarceration goes up. So how can you morally, if morals is our main objective of why we don't like marijuana in Indiana, how come we just use criminals like cattle and we keep them fenced in when we want to? That's well, what I'd like to know. Well, and Gary, mm-hmm. the other thing is our state constitution says we should reform. That's the main goal of the, of the justice system in Indiana. And the prisons are the absolute last resort when you can't reform somebody you keep somebody who's harmful to society if you read the indiana constitution so we're not following our own constitution our own rules in indiana the people who are in charge just make up their own rules just like holcomb did when he didn't um get call congress back the indiana legislative body to deal with the mask issue and he tried to do an unconstitutional act of his of mm-hmm. usurping powers from the legislative to make things um, illegal with the mask. So this is the type of stuff that Indiana's going on. The the uh, Indiana Supreme Court has said that the U.S. Uh, Supreme Court ma- uh, rulings don't matter in Indiana. That's because- not how federalism works. That's just not how federalism. We don't. I mean, I think it's ridiculous that, uh, that Donald. Thank God he's not doing it right now. But he would just willy nilly send in the uh, the, uh, the 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 guard, the National Guard, wherever state that he wants. And then, uh, but but meanwhile, these good constitutionalists in Indiana, they don't need to listen to what those people in Washington said when it comes to, oh, I don't know, industrial hemp's legal 
and and uh, that it, they can't interfere with the industry, the interstate commerce of it. So that's one of the reasons why you know. I'm not saying you should start shipping Delta eight or like uh, industrial hemp, Indiana, Indiana, but you should. Uh, and then that doesn't help. I mean, like when people are confronted with something, Upton Sinclair made this observation over a hundred years ago. It's really difficult to get somebody to believe in something when their pay paycheck depends on them not knowing it. And so all these people's paychecks depend on them not knowing that they're being a private prison actually contributes to a rise in crime because then you need a level of crime for them to beat on their quarterly estimates or earnings every every year. Uh, and then also that the only reason why you're arresting these people for marijuana is racism from 80 years ago. Uh, and yeah. so like, it was, if it was, gee, many Christmas, if John Wayne would have smoked some weed as opposed to some Marlboros, we would have a much different legislation system right now. Mm-hmm. Well, he probably not in Indiana. Talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, okay, at least in Iowa. I think John Wayne was in yeah, Iowa. Iowa. Not in Indiana. Probably wouldn't have made a difference. Holcomb smoked marijuana. He admitted to it in college. And then he went on and joined the military as an officer, which was prohibited under federal law. So he committed felonies. Mm -hmm. He just didn't get caught. Oh. Right. Yeah. But isn't that how you want to commit your crimes? You know, surreptitiously? <laughs> One guy. I wouldn't know. One guy, he gets arrested. Oh, I did it. I did it. I stole all the money. I murdered all the people. Nobody ever says that. It's like, not guilty, Your Honor. Mm -mm. I'm going to represent myself. And then, you know, it's like, remember that one time I was shooting? I remember that one time when I was allegedly shooting you? Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy, man. So, like, is it literally just because your legislature is so rigged towards the Republican side and their marching order says law and order is privatized prisons and we need that arrest for cannabis so that we can keep heads in beds and make money? Well, I believe you hit it right on the head. When I went to the state house, uh, Gene Lysing for seven years was the chair of the Agricultural Committee. And she wouldn't even allow a vote on the hemp bill. And so they took it out of her committee when they finally wanted to pass it. And that's the year that they passed it. Uh, I think it was uh, 2008, 2018. So uh, they passed one for uh, epilepsy in 2017 in Indiana for the industrial hemp. So the thing is, a chairman of a committee in Indiana can completely stop all legislation along with the Speaker of the House appointing who he wants where and then telling them this this is your marching orders. You follow it. And there's nothing that anybody in the legislative body can do. You could have everyone support it but the House chair and that one committee member and it's dead. In Indianapolis, how close is Eli Lilly? How many people does it employ? And what's its market cap? Well, I'll, you know, let me clarify something about Eli Lilly. The types of drugs that Eli Lilly actually uh, produce and use, uh, they're at the max of their capacity of what they do. I've spoke with, uh, uh, you know, Representative Eli Lilly. They have so much on their plate, marijuana doesn't rank up there high on them. Now, do they contribute to the local politicians? Yes. You know, they're a big business. Uh, but Indiana and as or Eli Lilly, as far as you know, pharmaceutical goes, and pharmaceutical companies, the big ones are multinational. Eli Lilly is too, but they rank way down the list as far as size goes and their you know economic impact worldwide. Uh, what's fun is you know, Mr. Eli Lilly uh, wrote his college thesis on marijuana. No way. You would think it would be fun. Yes. Wait, yeah, I want to see that. that. Like, was you guys actually, oh, I, I do, I do, I do uh, informational, you know, videos yeah. on that. But that's like one of those, uh, the history a, of cannabis of in Illinois. The, yeah. But like the history of this. out on the web. Yeah. You know, it's a document. It's, it's interesting. But yeah. Yeah. That's what he wrote his thesis on, of course. What year? What year? That's was been many years ago. It was oh, gosh, the, I don't know. before 1937, I would imagine. Uh, yeah. Yes. I, yes. Well, I mean, that's one I of the problems. Have to, gosh, I'll have to go. 
It's out there. We can find it. Because okay. like I do uh, videos on here about you know these these little historical aspects. I should do one on the LaGuardia report. I did one on uh, Dr. Woodward. They don't get a lot of views because it's 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 lost to history. But it's just fascinating when you dig into the the history of the legal uh, the legal status of this plant in our country. You find all these little things and just a shitload of lies. And then you're like, uh, and this one I wasn't aware of with Eli Lilly actually doing a thesis on it. But we didn't know how cannabis worked until Dr. Michelum in Israel, because they had to do the research there. They weren't allowed to do the research here. Uh, and so uh, it was banned and it was it was used widely as a palliative in many medicines uh, prior to it being included in the marijuana tax stamp back in 1937. Uh, but then. You know, in, in Israel, they they isolate these cannabinoids in the early 60s. They discover our uh, endocannabinoid system in the early 90s. Meanwhile, our laws do nothing to reflect this. Nothing. And there, it's one of those deals in, in legislation or in, 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 in litigation where, you know, you could move for a motion to reconsider to the judge. New facts have come to light. All this bullshit that we were told about cannabis completely wrong. We figured out how it works now. We, we have this uh, endocannabinoid system that's a neurotransmitter called anandamide. It actually helps balance us out. Nope, it's a political issue. It, it's, it sucks. Yeah, well, you have Marinol, which is a synthetic THC that's been legalized or been approved by the FDA since 1985. And then you have Epidiolex, which is a CBD extract since uh, 2018. And when I look at the FDA and their regulatory processes, they will allow the drugs, but for a plant, nobody's willing to do the research to get the stuff approved through the FDA. Like cinnamon, cinnamon, for example, can lower your blood sugar or, and everybody knows it who knows about cinnamon and, and diabetes, but you can't, I talked to an FDA regulator and they said that, no one's going to spend the money to put this out. And then once the patients find out that this cinnamon, they're just going to go to the baker's rack and pull out their cinnamon and use it every day until their blood sugar goes down. Like, like I started to do. Yeah. Well, that's the mm -hmm. thing. You know, I'm sorry that uh, maybe healthcare and just like maybe our uh, criminal justice system, it's not supposed to be about the fucking profits. It's supposed to be about <laughs> the results. You know, uh, people have the right to live in a safe country. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why you don't create profit motives in crime at all. Not on the legal side where they're punishing them or on the illegal side where people are just clearly flouting the law, which is what they're doing with uh, the legal cannabis industry and IRC 280E. So do you think the IRS really gives two shits that there is a, a, a Schedule One substance being trafficked? No. They just know that we're going to collect double taxes from the, the, the legal marijuana industry. I mean, it, it's so frustrating when we see the results that we get from our policies and that people, when it comes down to it, they don't care. Like, they don't even look at the what's happening. They only look on, how does this make me feel? Or does this pay my salary? And it's so short-sighted that uh, it, it causes everybody problems. Why, why do you think 200,000 people died of coronavirus? Because we all were told the truth from day one? No. <laughs> oh, and that's the thing. Um, I go back to uh, my pet peeve about them constantly wanting research for uh, cannabis. It's really hilarious to me that COVID-19, which is something that supposedly they've never heard of or never dealt with before this year. Um, and now all of the sudden they're getting ready to approve a vaccination for uh, COVID-19 that quick. Um, but yet we still need research for cannabis. Um, no. And then again, Research this is for not cannabis. enough. <laughs> well, I mean, let's let's go back to our history because uh, evidently we don't learn it. Uh, and so the only reason that the Democrats supported this back in 1970 was because they they tacked on uh, Schedule F to the Controlled Substances Act that called for the studying 
of where cannabis should be regulated on, on the schedules. And, and Captain Jason was mentioning earlier, Marinol, that's the schedule three substance. And so to, to, to determine where the plant as opposed to the extract, so this would be like banning opium producing poppies. So like banning the poppy as opposed to banning actually the opium that you can extract from it. Where is that supposed to be? So the Schaefer Commission published their report pursuant to this 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 Exhibit F or ex this Amendment F or uh, Article F, whatever it was, under the Controlled Substances Act to study uh, where they should actually regulate marijuana. And it called for it to be descheduled. And that was in 1972. Nixon threw it in the trash. Nobody's looked at it since. And they've kept asking for research. They did the fucking research. They did it in the 70s. They published it. It was over 100 pages long. And you still didn't listen. You know, and so it, it, it upsets me a, a great deal because I want to believe in humanity. And I want to believe that people are like, you know, good and, and, and honest and, and industrial. And we're America. You know, come on. You know, we're America here. And so... Uh, you owe it to yourself to not be lied to, but yet you don't mind being lied to provide you agree with the lie. Well, and that's where this book published by the national Academy of science, engineering and medicine, it looks at over 20,000 studies, articles, case studies, um, magazine reviews that was given to every Congress member in 2000 and Let's see, I think it was 2017. So they did the research again and gave every member of Congress a copy of this. It's 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 insane, you know, to know that well, there's it, over 20,000 studies and articles and, and case studies. It was never about this. It was never about the truth. Like, watch, watch all the senators now that four years ago were saying the exact opposite thing about a Supreme Court justice pick than they're saying right now. It doesn't matter what the facts are. It matters how does this benefit me? How does this make me look? Does this get me what I want? And that sense of shifting facts and 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 making sure that they are just, you know, obstructed and to the point where they can be questioned so much that people are just going to vote their feelings because I've met these people before and they are going through life thinking with their emotions and they are terrible. They are just, they're toxic. They just, they just ravage people. And then suddenly they, they will feel something else the next day. And you have to put up with that as opposed to like, wow, why didn't you deal with objective reality? Well, because that was hard. You know, I'm sorry. I, I was gassy that day. Uh, I, I couldn't connect <laughs> to reality, you know? Well, mm -hmm. and if you're going to, you know, legislate by emotion, then Indiana, you know, needs to go read the story about Charlie's voice. Charlie's voice, and we have done work with their family. Charlie was a young child in Indiana who died because of our regulations. That's the only way I can look at it. At six mm -hmm. years old, she was gone. Yep. Epilepsy, uh, the convulsive yes. type thing. Convulsives. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. And it was it's just, you know, that came, you know, I was into this probably three years, and that still affects me. So you want to do something, Indiana, read Charlie's voice again. Right. Before the next legislative season that comes up in January. Read that again. Read it again. And then again, if you think that the big pharma's in there, uh, uh, Keith and Chief, uh, he, he shared us Eli Lilly's thesis, the comparative psychological effects of several varieties of cannabis sativa. And that was in 1907. Again. Oh, mm -hmm. Okay. I was want to say 17. I just wasn't sure. But yeah, it was. Yeah. Think about that. Right. But that, back then, it was normal, you know. They, they and that was that was the crux of uh, the general counsel for the AMA's argument in the 1930s. Uh, it was Dr. Woodward, and he came to Congress and he's like, "The AMA is extremely confused because you keep referring to cannabis sativa as marijuana." You're, you're keeping us doctors in the dark about what you're trying to do here. We don't care if you regulate it, but we need this. You can't just ban it using this tax 
and then suddenly uh, stop all this medical research and the applications that it has. But they did yeah. anyway. Yeah. Well, and personally, you know, I use medical marijuana and I got off of over 10 FDA approved medications, everything from inhalers to acid reflux medications, uh, migraine medications. And over the last 10 years, I was in stage two kidney disease. I went to the VA earlier this year. My kidney disease is completely gone. My cholesterol dropped 40 points. My blood pressure and heart rate were amazing. They were, they were on the lower side, you know, like 90 over 50 and a heart rate in the 50s. So the thing is, as I got off my FDA medications, I got better. The uh, FDA mm -hmm. medications, and I'm, a, and I'm a trauma nurse. I, I retired out of the Air Force as a trauma nurse, training doctors and nurses and technicians about uh, critical care and traumas and how to deal with these things. And one of our big problems is always weaning people off the medications. The doctors aren't trained to do that. Well, the other problem that we have with marijuana is you have to titrate up the marijuana while you're weaning down your medications because they're going to interact. You're, if you're on a blood pressure medication, your blood pressure is going to drop. You know, so you got to lower your blood pressure medication. And people come into the ER and they have issues or they have uh, heart palpitations or sweats. It's not because of the marijuana. It's because of the FDA drug interacting with the system that the marijuana is correcting. And then again, now I'm assuming that you guys have illegal marijuana. So when you do get legal marijuana, let's go back to what Dr. Lilly wrote about. It was called cannabis. The reason why they were able to hijack this was because they changed it to marijuana. And so let's kind of distance from that. But not only that, we did not understand the endocannabinoid system. We did not understand that this was going to be a regulator for numerous other systems. And so as you're taking all these pills and it's throwing everything out of whack, you could have been taking something that normalized most, if not all of the symptoms. And mm -hmm. it's non-lethal and it has few side effects except for like hunger and sleeping. And so, uh, you know, why this wasn't a, a frontline medicine for the past 80 years has caused so many people death, destruction, you know, despair. Mm -hmm. And yet the, the profits for these, these, these companies are more important than that. I mean, what that guy's life over there is less important than you beating on the bottom and top line because you're a private prison company. Are you fucking serious? You know, mm -hmm. uh, have you guys ever like made hundreds of thousands of dollars a month? Suddenly, it just resets your mind. You're like, okay, well, money's cool, but you know, it doesn't do everything. And not That's only that, right. no, if you once you get enough, you really don't want to go rob and loot and steal everything. You're good. So I don't understand why the the point of a lot of our legislation isn't to make people good. I mean, why are we doing these things where we're arresting people, where we aren't giving them something that can get them off their pharmaceutical drugs that can give them? Cannabis isn't like Budweiser. You can't really scale it. You have to grow that plant. It's more like strawberries. Nobody's concerned mm -hmm. to pick strawberry. You know, you have to pick those suckers. You have to watch them. You have to water them. Uh, it, it's a horticultural as opposed to a row crop. And so uh, the same thing could be done here and you could grow your whole industry in Indiana and put requirements on it, taxes on it. Uh, it just doesn't, it, it boggles the mind. But then, you know, the more you learn about this plant, the more your mind just goes, oh man, I just, I just can't. I, I, I just can't, you know? Well, um, in the United States, even, I mean, the whole United States, there's a lot of foods that are actually illegal in other countries that are um, completely legal here in the United States uh, because of the harm that uh, that they do to people. They're illegal in other countries, uh, the Netherlands and different places. Um, it always has blown my mind why we are allowed to consume things that can harm us so badly. But cannabis has been labeled this demon drug for so many years. And 
it doesn't make any sense. And I can't wrap my brain around it at all. Like there's no wrapping my brain around it. I mean, literally cannabis is safer than water. Um, So, I mean, where is the sense in keeping it illegal? It, It should be growing in the fields. I mean, literally cows and hogs and everything should be able to eat him or you know it's horrible i i don't get it that's my thoughts i really hope that you guys can get something out of committee soon because i would hate to see uh, our country legalize cannabis and have indiana remain a steadfast bastion of criminalization and, and the only people that get hurt are the hoosiers well, that's why a lot of us are leaving. There's, yes. there's a jurors who've left. My wife and I, we're leaving here probably in about a month. So we're becoming uh, marijuana refugees. Mm-hmm. And I've had people uh, say, well, we don't know any. I had some of my friends say, we don't know any uh, one personally that's left because of marijuana so they can get their medicine. Well, here I am. I'm going to be leaving here in the next few weeks or month to go to Michigan so I can not be harassed. Not be a criminal. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, here here you have uh, a retired U.S. war veteran who saved hundreds of lives during my two tours in Afghanistan, and they would consider me a criminal. Yeah. yeah. But thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, where can we go to find you, follow you, what you guys got going on at Indiana Normal? IndianaNormal.org. You can find us. Uh, we have web page, Facebook, you know, all the normal social media things. You're going to see us in front of, you know, out in the public. So please, you know, we are all volunteers. We do this because we care. And we want everyone else out there just get educated. That's what we're trying to do. Bring Indiana out of the darkness. It's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We will throw those links in the description. And thanks again for coming on. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all cannabis legalization news. We'll see you on Wednesday. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.